Hello and welcome to the first Boolean Chats, a podcast series where both Max and I invite friends of the site, other people of interest, um, onto the podcast where we basically just chat shit, talk about music, tell stories, all those bits and pieces. Very much kind of traditional podcast format that you'd expect. Nothing more revolutionary, um, which will you know exist alongside the In Conversation series. So this week, uh, I've got my good friend Emma on, uh, where we pick apart the recent counterparts, Yuji for those still here, and Lorna Shaw, Pain's Remains uh, releases. Um, we dive into, you know, all sorts of bits and pieces, a lot of shit talking, as you'd expect. Uh, I think Emma has some really interesting points about both records. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. Um, remember, as always, to kind of follow the podcast, check out the site, all those bits and pieces. Hello. Hello, Emma. How, Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good, Joe. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. We'll do our, there's our cringe little how are you intro. Um, we just spent like 20 minutes don't redoing this intro just to say hi. Don't throw under the bus. This is our first one doing this. Well, I guess with you, I don't know. We'll see if you let you back. Um, but yeah, I guess you're here to like talk about counterparts and Lorna Shaw probably any other crap um that you want to talk I'm just, about i'm just gonna pretend like i know what i'm talking about i have absolutely no musical background i am just a recovering scene kid no from... I, I can't play shit I mean, max is technically the one who has the musical background um i mean he's reviewing lorna shaw which goes up probably the same day as it's been monday so if the counterparts is out lorna shaw's out next friday so i guess it'll be one record that people have heard which we'll be giving opinions on, and then one which is coming out on Friday, which we will also be giving opinions on. Um, yeah, so I guess we said as we said before, we'll do counterparts first. I know you have opinions on counterparts. You keep tweeting about them. Um, <laughs> so I guess I guess I will lead into that and be like, what is your? I guess I don't know, talk about counterparts. Talk to me. Give me okay. your counterparts in your nothing left to love hoodie. Your counterparts thoughts feelings emotions breakdowns i am probably pretty biased because counterparts has become my number one favorite band within the past year um like i would say last year bring me the horizon was like at the top bring me the horizon and counterparts and then last year once i really started digging into counterparts lyrics they slowly just became they became my favorite band like right away um and so the new album, I listened to the new Counterparts album in the only way that is the most appropriate way to listen to it. I was in a blanket burrito in a fetal position on in my bed and had the lyrics up. It's like 8 a.m. and I'm just sobbing, uncontrollably crying. Because I had the lyrics going, I had the music. It was the first time hearing it, and I broke down. You gave me like a little bit of a warning. You're like, the closer is sad, and so naturally, that was the first one I listened to. Oh, oh you can't do that. You can't go closer first. <laughs> I had to, and then I broke down, and with this, I and I took this iconic iconic grade a picture of me crying into my hand <laughs> on snapchat saying new counterparts album is lit i sent it to brendan <laughs> and he was just like well hey shit glad you like the album pretty much <laughs> um so safe to say i absolutely love the album um the first one so i'm not gonna like when i first heard whispers of your death i was listening to it and for some reason like i didn't even have the lyrics up i just had um you know what i could hear a little bit and obviously i mean if you listen to counterparts or any metal band and you right away you can understand every single word they said kudos to you i need the fucking lyrics up and then i and then i pick it up but you know, first time I heard whispers of your death, um, I don't know why I had something came over me and I was like, 
is this like about a cat? Is this about his cat? And sure enough, I, like then I checked Instagram afterwards and I saw, oh shit, it's about his cat. And so, I mean, that was that. And I could, again, right away, I could relate to that song because my rabbit passed away. And so I felt like recently, and so I felt all those lyrics like super, super deep with, because I was feeling the same way about my bunny. And I mean, what was the next one that came out? Oh, Unwavering, Unwavering Vow. I know that was the first one that came out, I think. Right? Yeah, that was debut single, yeah. So it was Unwavering yeah. Vow. Um, Kuma song, and then Whispers. Whispers, yeah. Um, and then Bound to Burn as the singles. Yes. Um, so when, and when Unwavering Vow came out, I think I told you that that sounded like the Nothing Left to Love album. Yeah. which we love right or did i know no i think i said what did i say you remember i can't be said unwavering but i do agree that unwavering wow um is i feel that that is kind of mentioned my review i think there's unwavering vow um i think it's flesh and um skin where it's like i'm using it where they kind of sound very like they're, they're cut from. I mean, the whole record is kind of within the, the similar formula of nothing left to love. They kind of feel they kind of have set up with a um, format, a structure, a sound, production-wise as well. With that, they found nothing to love, and they have just kind of expanded on it. Uh, but yeah, I do feel a wavering route does especially lean into it um, quite a lot, um, just in terms of like his riffs as well. Um, so yeah, Woven Row is very much like I could see that being different to love, and you wouldn't really notice a difference. I think I, I think I said it reminded me of that mixed with the difference between Hell and Home. Yeah, I feel that there's a f- hmm. Oh, I I, mm, I can't really no? say Hell and Home. Hell and Home is I feel that the I mean um, I mean I was going to say pre opinion for later, but I guess I'll probably dive into this. Is I feel that. Um, one of, I think, probably the main difference I see between, especially, especially between, it kind of happened with You're Not You Anymore, but it happened with kind of like, it started with You're Not You Anymore and um, was being solidified of eulogy. Is, um, I think you can kind of, when you look at records like Helen Home and Tragedy, they're very raw. I think they're quite, quite like when it was it was ten years ago. Brennan's a different person now, so obviously I'm not supposed to be the same. Um, but yeah, they're kind of very raw, like rough around the edge. I think you kind of see in the way they're kind of written, produced. That kind of if you're going in from like a, I guess more musical critical position, you could be like, well, you know, this 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 isn't great. This isn't great. This isn't great. But I guess kind of that rawness and that roughness gives it its charm, where it's just kind of a. You know, blast of emotions. Production's a bit rough. Song isn't. I think on tragedy as well. The song was not too great in some places, but you know, I still love the album. Um, and I feel that yeah, with these uh, new records, is yeah, it's all. I would say it's smoothed out because I think the emotion's still there, um, and I think it is comes from a different place where Helen Home felt more immediate emotionally, and then. Um, eulogy feels more like introspective, thought out and I think he's kind of maybe pushes more emotions into the end project um, in his writing there um, but yeah I think we're talking about Aiden and Wavering Rad weren't we um, yeah so I feel that yeah they have um, I, I do feel that they yeah but Moving Rad just kind of come to love I think there are a few songs obviously Soil does call back to Soil right right um, <clears throat> Yeah, I feel kind of especially with like Alex coming back, Alex and Jesse coming back. Um, because Alex wrote songs for um, Helen Home. Obviously, Jesse was on, I think, that and Tragedy as well. Um, so I think kind of instrumentally, it does feel like you can, I can, fe- yeah, you can hear kind of, oh, that sounds like more, you know, I think they, I, I don't think there's really anything on the record that sounds like you're not you anymore. I think that's probably the one. Right record that is feels, I really, I really like it. Not you anymore, um, but yeah, that's that feels like the one record that feels absent in terms of like influence and sound on Eulogy, um, which is interesting. But um, 
Yeah, I can see what you mean. Well, what we love about counterparts is their consistency, right? So even though they are change, they are changing the vibe and the feel and the sound of different of their different albums. They they still have the same consistency. They're not pulling a fucking hunt, like hundredth where they completely completely do change sounds or bring me the horizon where again from screamo to fucking whatever that is <laughs> and um they're staying consistent with the same and when i so i i also um paid for one of brendan's cameos because his cat needed help in the vet and whatever and you know and he was needed help with vet bills and i'm like i'll take one for kuma like i will donate for kuma rest in peace kuma but and i asked him um about his writing process because i'm a writer i write a lot of poetry and uh, narratives and prose and all the things and i wanted to ask brendan specifically about his writing process because his lyrics have always inspired me so deeply and especially now within the past year if not all of my poems have been inspired by some line or something i've heard from his songs and when I asked him about it, first of all, what I found very interesting is that he puts lyrics to the music after the music's already done and completed. He was saying, I don't want to like, I'm not writing the song twice. I'm going to take the, like, I, I want the music already finished, the instrumentals done, and then I'm going to put the lyrics on top of it, which I find really, really interesting. Um, but also two of my best friend, well, my best friend and my boyfriend are both um, musically inclined people and when they write lyrics and sing and they do the same thing they need the instrumentals first so but for me I would feel like I need the writing first but that's because I'm not I don't know I'm, yeah. I'm not instrumental and lyric I would say that lyrically eulogy actually reminds me a lot of end more than the other like counterparts albums because I'm noticing this uh what's the word i'm gonna say this i mean it's very evident in eulogy but there's there is a um a hint of like incorporating religious aspects into the lyrics and mm. n does the same thing i noticed that huh i would noticed that before no i noticed it when i was going through it because um and it's just it looks at I look at words like, um, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm just going to like pull some out, out of the hat, like words like, um, uh, like salvation or, um, vow. I don't know. Vow. Saints. Vow. Yes. And, or like an end, um, he says a lot of stuff like, um, Again, just along those lines, religious, religious terms, sacrifice, you know, it's like sacrifice, like all these in incorporating, um, I don't know, fucking God, there is no God in me. I mean, mm. there's just a lot of death, but it's incorporating this like aspect of religion, which I noticed with the same thing with end as well. And that's what stood out to me most about specifically with end when I got into them this year. And then also um, this album with counterparts, because that's something I've been wanting to explore in my own writing. So I've been taking noticing, or I've been taking notice to those, um, those trends, those specific words specifically. Um, this was, this one was an accident, but I thought that in whispers of your death, he says, um, I thought he says staring in the face of salvation, but it's not, it's starvation. But I thought it was salvation when I first heard it. And I was like, ooh, I like that. And I'm going to write that down. But now I'm going to use that in my poetry because that's not, he says starvation. So mine's different. But just like that kind of, that kind of aspect, I just feel like it takes everything to a much deeper, more meaningful level where you can really, it's, I don't know, it's just a different kind of like self-reflection, basically, because now you're thinking about the afterlife and after you die. I mean, most of Brendan's songs are written about like wanting to die and like fucking yeah. hating life and everything. But I feel like with Eulogy, he's taking a twist on it and relating it more to end. 
And what's also interesting is in the cameo, Brendan mentioned that the most one of the most difficult things he's experiencing with writing right now is trying to find ways to stop saying the same thing over and over again. Because I've also noticed lyrically, there's the there's comparisons between um, I'm just going to pull two songs from the new album. Um, what mirrors might reflect is very, very similar to. Um, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank. Give me a second. Chewing glass. Right. Uh-huh. Where they're talking about reflections. Yeah. Looking in a mirror. Basically. Yeah, that's like, a reflection. I'd rather, what is it? That's a, I'd rather. I'd rather soak my eyes, eyes in bleach. bleach. Yes. Yeah, and then the rest of the song goes proceeds to be like, you know, talking about or seeing a reflection of yourself and like fucking hating it, right? So same thing, same idea with what mirrors might reflect. Um, same kind of concept. So I get it. I get what Brendan's saying, and also because he does talk a lot about like wanting to die and whatever like that but it's obviously at the end of the day it's probably mostly a metaphor or maybe it isn't but don't we love that though like that's why counterparts fans love counterparts because they are consistent they're hitting the lyrics on a deeper meaning we can relate to them he's finding different ways to say the same thing yeah but it's they're beautiful different meaningful ways yeah, I think I think the thing is with counterparts is because you mentioned someone like Bring the Horizon. And I think I know we discussed it before, but kind of I think we bring me because what happened with Bring the Horizon is they release a record, then more often than not you get so like Sem Paternal for example. Sem Paternal, you get a shitload of bands copying them. So they've got mm-hmm. the change, so they can't Bring the Horizon as a band can't release the same two albums now. Because basically the recent album, people will copy them, and if they release the same album again it'll seem like shit basically. Um I think the thing is with counterparts is obviously there was like the melodic melodic hardcore peak of like 2016, 2015. Um, but I still, but I think there hasn't been a band who has sonically and lyrically, emotively, whatever word you want to use, has managed to basically replicate or do what counterparts do either as well or come near to it. Um, you can dig through a shitload of melodic hardcore bands um, that have come out through the years. I just I don't think there is. There hasn't been anyone who really has um, done what Counterparts does. And there's a lot of other bands out there who other bands have kind of come along and kind of you know copied them, reached my levels or whatever. I think Counterparts hasn't. So I think that has allowed them to. Um, well, I think they do kind of stay in the same lane. Um, for the most part, I still think they are quite. Um, their evolution has been more subtle, I guess. Some bands have these massive changes between records. I think now that we we have, a, if you kind of um, go from sort of Helen Home, Helen Home, Tragedy, You're Not Even More, Nothing Left to Love, Eulogy, you can kind of see this very slow, subtle evolution. Um, I think kind of, yeah, lyrically, um, instrumentally, and all that. And I think they have. You know, I think you could probably. I think if you're going from a purely non-personal preference view, I think there's an argument to be have that Eulogy is their best record to date. Um, just because you know they are a band that've been doing the sound now for a decade, you know, you'd expect them to, um, yeah, be good at it basically. And I think they have got. I think with Alex, Jesse coming back in, I think with Carl on drums, um, and then obviously, but I think Brandon is probably at his best as songwriter and I think you know what ends putting out I think the NDP is some of the best material um there is just very a band which is basically very talented um so yeah I think yeah I think as you said I said like the lyrics as well I think if you take well I think there are a lot of people who will discount well not a lot of people I think there'll be some people who discount this is kind of like same old counterparts I think if you do you know, so the lyrics, you know, change into more religious. If you compare lyrically the record to something like You're Not You Anymore or even like Tragedy, um, obviously Brennan's very different points in his life when he wrote these. Um, 
you know, I think tragedy is basically very turbulent and there's a lot of kind of, you know, relationship, friendship stuff all going on. Um, this is, you know, this guy entering his 30s now, different um, point in life. Um, yeah, I think kind of, to force on it clear as well, um, there is evolution, so yes, it's it's good, is what I'm trying to say in a really roundabout way. Um, but whether or not it's my favourite, I'm still deciding. I think I'm kind of curious to know what you, because I guess if you went, because I think I've seen a few people who went to either counterparts in the Phantom Love era or this one. And like, I thought I went, I went from my peak with Helen Home, Tragedy, and You Aren't You Anymore. And I'm part of me is like, um, I'm, I'm not sure where to place it because there's a lot of songs that emotively I'm very like, I guess attached to is probably the word to go with. Um, so, you know, like Stranger, You Aren't You Anymore, Arms Like Teeth, um, Choke, so very strange, I don't know what that's do. Um, like Solace, Outlier, Compass, mm-hmm. Ghost, where I'm like, you know, that yeah. was my backlog. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm just curious in terms of personal preference where this kind of sits. This sits for you. See, that's diff- it's difficult for me too because again, yeah, like stuff like yeah, Outlier, Compass, uh, Solace. They're all, like they're all so fucking good. And lyrically as well. Um, But although I will, like, I agreed with you when I read your review that there are three songs uh, that are probably the weaker ones on the record. Um, Like, I don't know about you, but for me, I mean, like all those like little introductions that are always start the record where it's just a musical instruct like instrumental. I'm like, what is the point of this? I always skip those. But regardless, that doesn't exist in this lineup. What I'm trying to say, what the like, I I I agree with you that there are like some of the weaker ones on the album that like maybe didn't necessarily need to be there. I disagree with you on which ones those were, but for me, it was. Like, sworn to silence. Mm-hmm. that one. And soil two. And I guess skin beneath a scar. But today I listen to that one a lot. I mean, I'm still going to listen to them, obviously. But I do think that they're kind of more like the weaker ones on here. Where, but versus something like, I actually think the tragedy, and nothing left to love, albums. Both of them. Every single song like is a fucking banger i disagree like for me personally um the difference between hell and home is fantastic uh but i don't like for me every single song doesn't like hit hard regardless despite of that i still think that this album might be my favorite eulogy because of the intimacy in which I took this in. Like, like I said, you, I had it sent to me early through you and I was in my bed. I mean, I had everything on do not disturb. I was just like, I was like, this is what I'm doing right now. And I listened to every single song with my headphones crying lyrics up. And then it led me and it led me down a rabbit hole where I d- ended up doing that with almost all of the albums. <laughs> not current, not the current one though. Cause we all know that that one's like, eh, it's like, it's still good, but like not their best. And regardless though, it was the greatest therapy session of my entire life. It's like, I didn't even have to pay for this. I just had to listen to counterparts with my headphones in and then the lyrics up best, best therapy ever. I realized so much about myself, <laughs> so much I didn't know. But real realistically, I've learned that like Brendan was saying things that I didn't even know I felt that I felt. It was like listening it, to my own writing, except I didn't write it, and he also was able to like pick and pull on these emotions that I didn't even know I had, that I didn't know existed. But now I can't relate more. Um, specifically in the songs, a eulogy for those still here, what mirrors might reflect 
Flesh to Fill Your Wounds, Mass Grave of Saints, and Bound to the Burn. I mean, and Whispers of Your Death, too, because that one really reminded me of my rabbit. But just like the intimacy that I can, I had when I was consuming this album, I think that's always going to like hold a really near and dear place in my heart. Uh, regardless, though, I mean, the tragedy album to me, every single song is a hit. So I don't know. Counterparts is just fucking awesome. Yeah, because obviously, so obviously I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on the slower songs. Um, well, yeah, I think when you're obviously looking at the set list going out for your, the Europe and UK show, it's just like really just like shit. This is, um, yeah, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's wild. Because obviously I've listened, I've listened to them since fucking um, the current Carrius, and that was like 2010. Yeah. This has been like, okay. Um, this is yeah. It's been it's been wild to see their evolution. Um, like I'm not followed it as I didn't follow it too closely. Um, I really kind of got into like following bands really closely, like for uh, like five six years ago. So I kind of like, oh, the album's out. I just listen to it, and, like download it and listen to it. I didn't really know who they were or anything, but um, yeah, I think that's the set is just, it's just stacked and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a mask of the Saints live. I find that song. It's a, oh, I know. It's a bit on the nose. It's a bit cheesy, but I'm not, it's a bit like Monument as well. Like I love Monument. Monument just reached over the top and just like this is kind of it's just it's just I don't say fun's the right word, but it's kind of like yeah, we're all sad. We're all gonna have a little sing song about being sad, <laughs> and it's gonna be a bit. It's gonna be good, especially when it's like the, you know the um, I'm not gonna sing it, but the vocal of like you know carve goodbye. It's like that's gonna be absolutely like just great to sing along to live um but yeah the slower songs because what did you think of the closer on nothing after love i have to like there's like two that are the same so i have to look it up really no no so the close obviously there was the closer wasn't there nothing after love the closer the self-titled not the self-titled the title track oh so that's the yeah where it starts slow and then it just gets really like he's quiet and then at the end he's screaming the same it's the same lyric the whole time right yeah it was like well you love him there's nothing to love yes 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 Yes. see they always just like come on shuffle (laughs) so i it's like i know everything but i don't know the or yeah um i actually love that i listen to that all the time even though it's the same line over and over again the build-up you know i just again i relate yeah because i like that because i feel the i don't know um, they kind of look at, cause I think it's been interesting as well one observation I've had is that so historically um, what counterparts have done is they've kind of gone in the direction so there's obviously been the there's been like Thieves Rope um, like Choke Stranger to an extent where they have been like they've gone in the direction of amping up the aggression and being like really angry songs it seems here mm-hmm. they've gone direction of being like, okay, we're going to slow things down. Um, and I feel that if they did kind of do a nothing, they did nothing to love part two or whatever in the same setup, it probably would have been a bit, I don't know, underwhelming. So I can kind of see what they're trying to do with um, Skin Beneath the Sky, which I do like. Um, and I think Sword 2 is more like an interlude, um, probably on further reflection. But. Yeah, I thought it is one part of their sound. They do need to develop more. Um, but I think it's kind of... Yeah, I think it's, it's a direction that I've... Again, as we're talking about evolution, I think it's a it's a nice new direction they've taken rather than just being, like, mad heavy throughout. Just to be like, okay, we're gonna, so we're going to slow down, have a bit of, like, sad chill-out time. Um, so I'm curious to kind of see what they'll do next, or even the. Well, the anger folks. is, the anger is still there in Unwavering Vow, right? If yeah, I could, I'd murder you myself. Unwavering Vow is a heavy song. I think Unwavering Vow is probably, especially with the breakdown as well, um, probably does yeah leans into kind of you know, what historically yeah. Has. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of curious to see where, the um, yeah the more I guess, slower songs. Go even, I think, you know, I think there is improvements to be had. Um, if if I 
had another chance to ask Brendan another cameo question or whatever. I I really want to ask him lyrically how he decides what song is going to be for counterparts and what song is going to be for end. I know he gets the music first and then puts the music and puts lyrics on top of it, but the lyrics do differentiate between the two Mm. and end I actually thought that Brendan didn't write the lyrics. I don't, I, I think that I looked up an end song once and like the, it said the lyrics was Will Putney or something. And yeah, so I thought true. it, I thought that it was him, but then I asked Brendan if he writes them for end too. And he said he does. So that now I'm like, I'm very curious between how he decides to make the, to make the songs differently, to make the lyrics different. For which band because i've noticed that again with end there's more of a i'm going to use bigger more sophisticated words and very very long complex sentences uh to describe and convey my feelings whereas with counterparts it's like this is what i feel bam 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 i'm I like simple simple sentences that hit hard and do the job but end is a little more poetic with the way that they would they um, the ly- like I said, the lyrics are more co- complex sentences and sentence structure. And this is my English major part coming in. But that's the difference that I saw again here with Eulogy is the the lyrics for this, although sometimes were simple in many ways, they were also very more uh, very complex, longer sentences that reminded me a lot of the ends lyrics. So I'm just curious as to how he decides to differentiate them because his sound is also different in counterparts versus end where he's a little bit heavier, more screaming um, counterparts. He kind of breaks it up. Yeah. I probably, probably think of counterparts is that I think they probably know their audience by now. I think we know what they want. Um, yeah. That they know they kind of, that if, you know, she's going to say with hundredth, is it if they say, and obviously it's not, you know, shoot counterparts going to shoot gates, but if counterparts suddenly end wasn't a thing in counterparts, yeah, which could be they just went to the end direction. End, you know, the end sound is a turn that counterparts took because Brennan's decided he liked that. I think counterparts are a band who know their audience. Um, and you see with a lot of artists that they will um, have their kind of main band who know their audience, know what they're doing, and not going to diverge from it. But obviously these artists will then develop other sounds they want to explore um, and I think End is probably I'm not saying I'm not going to be like kind of speak for him that maybe End is something that Brendan is probably more keen on exploring potentially in mm-hmm. terms of like what they can do because I feel that what End is doing is I think for me personally, I do find End a bit more interesting now. I think from a more curious point of being like, especially with the recent EP being like, okay, this is some really good stuff. I mean, kind of counterparts, while it is, obviously, again, is improving, um, that it, it, is, it is counterparts. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, so before, I think the, I think his ability to kind of be in these two very, Good bands who are also now. I think you know, End is starting to be become a lot more popular. Um, so I think you know, End with live shows as well. I think End is doing um, you know good live shows, good records, all these bits and pieces. I think yeah, that now he's got these two bands to kind of draw and explore. It will be interesting to kind of see which directions they take. Yeah. End is a little more playful. I would agree with that. Mm. For um, the, couple, the recent songs they released on the EP are very different from each other. One has like a more slower kind of rhythmic vibe to it, um, and then Eden will drown. It's just really fucking heavy. Yeah. But again, there's that kind of like religious reference. I don't know, you know, Eden. Mm. So, like, that's what I, I was lyrically i was trying and um, that's what I, uh another word i i meant to put in there <laughs> that's what i asked him at listen mate are you going through a uh you know see if has he found god 
he he brendan tweeted once or something when when um eden will drown came out he said something like eden can't fucking swim and now every time that song comes on i'm just like eden can't fucking swim (laughs) it's not even a lyric yeah i I guess we'll maybe get more in next year but um we'll see i suppose i suppose speaking of a band in a similar vein should we do you want to treat me on to lawn ashore should we go with a sour note and shit on lawn ashore for half an hour (laughs) what shit on lawn ashore for half an hour oh i know right well okay let me have a little palate cleanser here i just want to say i'm not like a wicked fangirl when it comes to famous people like if I met Brendan, like I just want to give Brendan a hug and say thank you for making music, and that's it. Like I, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, like fangirl. Like no, I'm just kind of like, oh my god, I'm so inspired by you. Thank you. Like, because he does. He's in, he inspires me so much with his writing and everything. I just love his music and I look up to him. But so I'm not like some like crazy freaky fangirl, and I just wanted to like give a little disclaimer on that. Now the same thing goes for Lorna Shore. Because I'm not a like wicked fangirl over Will Ramos by any means. Maybe last year I was a little bit, but <laughs> but so I found Will Ramos. Well, I, not Will Ramos. Um, Lorna Shore last year. I also learned it's Ramos, not Ramos, and I'm gonna make that mistake a lot. <laughs> but last year I found them. Um, and I didn't realize that Will was the new vocalist uh, at first. And when I found them, I just started listening to all their albums. And I was like, oh, their sound kind of changed. The vocalist sounds a little bit different and whatever. And then I looked up who the vocalist was and like I found out all their stuff and whatever. Learned that Will was the new one. And But I don't mind their old stuff. I know that there's the whole controversy about the uh, the vocalist that left and whatever. I don't even know his fucking name, but... Um, we don't really care. That happens all the fucking time. They're all pieces of shit. It happens, like whatever. With uh, yeah, it it ruins it for the fans. But regardless, like the songs are still fucking good. Yeah. And so, like, with listening with with Will entering the band, um, I mean that just completely changed everything it felt like with the that release i um and i returned to nothingness the ep mm-hmm. like that that ep was fucking insane i mean to the hellfire came out and that that one alone at first when i heard it i was kind of like eh, like this is okay but like i don't really like when i can't under fully understand them and then i started listening to it more and i heard of the abyss and i was like oh my god this is like the heaviest shit i've ever heard and this is fucking awesome and i loved it right away and then i became obsessed i looked at the lyrics i learned what everything is and the breakdowns and it was just like the heaviest fucking shit i've ever heard and i loved it right so i was like oh my god i'm so excited now for new lorna shore like the other shit's good but this is good too and for a little bit i i bought the will's um patreon account for the it's like five bucks a month because he does the old lorna shore songs for covers yeah and i really wanted to hear that because obviously i love i like the old lorna shore too so i wanted to hear it uh and really good honestly there's like i'm gonna be honest there's not that much of a difference between the sounds in my opinion i like you if you played them side by side i'd probably think it's the same vocalist with maybe just like he had an off day or like something but like don't take my word for it i also have like wicked hearing loss i have hearing aids like i'm tone deaf so like don't take my word 100 for it but regardless i was like like this is really good i ended up canceling it because i was like look this sounds exact like i can just listen to it on spotify and like i'm not gonna pay five bucks a month but whatever i digress so i was stoked for this new album right i'm like fuck it like will Ram will ramos <laughs> incredible vocalist i mean he has so much talent and i've learned that now i am getting into the heavier stuff like 
um, I heard an interview with Will where he talked about his one of his inspirations is Infant Annihilator. I'm getting into Infant Annihilator now because uh huh, a classic. <laughs> well, they so like. I don't really listen to like instrumental music, right? Like where it's just instrumentals. I like need to have lyrics, but in a way I talked about this to you before in a way, the heavy screaming, even if you can't understand them, it's an instrument in itself. It's still like an, this like instrumental yeah. ambiance kind of vibe. Yeah. Cause I feel, cause I really spoke to, um, Madeline Munzer and also as Aristotle Exe. Um, and she can make this point, I think to us, I'm not sure it was recorded or not. Um, but with Lorna Shaw, and this is kind of part of their appeal that I'll probably get into later, is that what you can do with Lorna Shaw is basically probably you can take each part out, where it's like the vocals, guitars, drums, whatever, is that they essentially all work as an instrument, as you could, they could essentially yeah. be all their own thing and still be like very good. Um, yes. And yeah, it does display that, yeah, the vocals are more instrument rather than being like singing something. Yeah. And so with the new, so I was really stoked for the new album because I was like really just, I'm really interested in Will and his, the way his, his vocals. Um, I call him daddy Will as a joke, like all the time, because it's just like, he's fucking daddy. Like he's got it. Like his vocals are just insane right i watch his videos where he does a one take playthrough i mean this kid has so much fucking talent i was so disappointed with the new album because <laughs> so they released um what was the i think the singles i, I always get them confused the first one was sun eater right it was the first single yeah yeah that one i really like that one actually like that gave me hope i was stoked like i i thought that one was great um and then slowly as the other singles came out i was just getting more and more disappointed uh curse to die wasn't bad like i don't mind it uh I'll, but then the the fucking pain remains like one and two came out and it's like it's like i see what they're trying to do but like let's just not <laughs> every song is like seven and a half minutes long of just this like never ending same tone that's why like i didn't think sun eater was bad and curse to die not awful it does like break up there's like a little bit of a breakdown it breaks like there's different sections but it's like every other song I mean, into the earth also like not horrible, but it doesn't it doesn't like ruffle my feathers. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> the rest of the songs on the album, too, it's just I'm like, it took me forever to even like listen to the rest of it because I listened to half. And then you're like, Emma, when are we going to podcast? And I was like, I got to like listen to the rest of this first. Yeah. And I still was putting it off and putting it off because I'm like, this is just seven and a half minutes of the same fucking thing. And it's like, they're it's like, they're trying to like tell a story. I don't have the, I haven't even seen any of the lyrics yet. Um, the lyrics. So I have not, but yeah, I think even, I think, yeah, I think that's what I can realize is because I like, I listen, you listen to welcome back and it's kind of, oh, okay, this is quite cool. I'm enjoying this. Um, even I think even Welcome Back is a bit over the top. Um, and yeah, but as you kind of, I think I'm going again. This is my more. I think what I realised with that one is it going up with another counterparts is they feel they know their audience, and I feel Lorna Shore is very much a product of um, like YouTube and kind of like the React YouTuber economy. Whereas mm -hmm. like they need these big moments for you to make some weird face to and go like, oh my god, like big breakdown, like Rose yeah. is doing like some really extreme vocal, or like um, you know the the bass pedal is going really fast and it's like, but I feel that doesn't I feel that kind of when you're doing that hit every single time across it's like the record the record's an hour long, and then when you do that across an hour long like if you're trying to do that across an hour long record it's not going to have the same impact. Like, in an EP, it works. 
I think, because the EP is very concise. Uh, but an hour long, it's just, it's just too long. Of it's just too much of a barrage. Yes. Um, so what I th- what I almost feel like they were trying to do, but they didn't. They didn't do this, and they they I know that they didn't do this. However, this is the vibe I was getting. Knocked Loose released the that record of Hair in the Fabric of yeah. Life, where every song is the whole album can be played in one sitting because every song needs to be like after the next the way that they all tie into each other because it's like the entire it's a story right they made they released that video that was the music video that was a story that uh of the entire album the whole album like every single song uh was synchronized with the other it had like it worked that was kind of the vibe I was getting with Pain Remains because they have the three, the three part song, Pain Remains one, two, and three. I almost want to be like, just put them all fucking together. Just make that, but just make that fifteen minute long fucking song or twenty one minutes or, or not huh? Good, not good for streaming. You got to get those three songs in the stream numbers. Well, yeah. Well, I know they can have, but. That's what I was like feeling. I think my strongest opinion on Pay Remains I feel that with Pay Remains Part One, and we know he can do it because if you watch his cover of um, Sleep Token Hypnosis, Will has some very nice cleans, and it just feels like you get to pay. I think there's some, I can't know which part is exactly, but it's in the Pay Remains Part One. I think it's with the guitars, and you're, I've sat there thinking, being like, this would sound so much better if they just went for like Will doing cleans. And I know it doesn't fit with whole like the whole deathcore. Like you can't do cleans in a deathcore record, whatever. Um, but it just feels that it kind of like it would it, it would have been a really cool moment of being like Will dropping cleans in a record. I think it would have worked better as well, and it would have just given that slight. If you just do it once, it gives that slight break and refresher. Yeah. Going into the final stretch because, like, it does feel that, again, with Pain Remains, that is essentially meant to be the crescendo, the big kind of, you know, free part, uh, you know. Um, I think, as I put it to my friend, is that. Okay, I'll do what I've got to say. But yeah, I, feel, I think the issue with. Um, the record is it feels like you're playing Elden Ring every yeah you're playing Elden Ring but every single moment is a boss fight which you know and I feel that if they added in like um, you know a nice clean section it would have felt like a wee bit of kind of interlude as you're kind of going towards like the final boss the path of the fight is just like nope it's just kind of like you're jumping out of one big boss fight into this big final boss fight, but all we doing is boss fights, so it it, it, kind of, it loses its impact. Um, and I thought that if it was just a nice kind of, you know, well doing some cleans, something a bit different. It would have given that brief kind of respite break difference going into their big crescendo. Um, <sighs> I'm so yeah. glad that my boyfriend plays Elder Ring or whatever. Elder so I Ring. under I understood those references. Um, yeah, the video video game like that's a good that's a that's a good part. I was gonna say cinematic. Like it's it's like they're trying to have this big cinematic orchestra orchestra experience type of thing where I felt I was gonna say like, see I don't play video games though so like. But that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, I feel like I'm it's it's like a Lord of the Rings movie or mm. like, a you know, like like I, I envision uh, walking to the fucking Shire, walking, whatever. <laughs> and it's like a dark, dreary day and you have to build up to this big, fantastical moment where there's a big cat, like whatever. So, like, yeah, the video game reference makes a lot more sense. But. I, here's the thing. I like it. I I like that cinematic yeah. kind of experience with the orchestra and the whatever. But yeah, there's got to be something to break it up because it was just seven and a half minutes long of like him doing the same 
things, the same vocals. And it's just like, I was like, I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh my God, like there's still how much left of this song? And it's like, okay, cool. What's he going to do in those last two minutes? And then, so you listen and then it's the same thing. And that's why I, I do. I did like Sun Eater because that was like literally that's like the only one on the entire album that's like really good that I think is like a banger. There's no other song on there that I'm going to like reach to and be like, hey, you know, I think I'm going to listen to this today. Like it'd probably just be something that comes on in the background music. You know, I didn't mind Wrath or a puff up. What is it? Apothe- apotheosis. Yeah, I didn't mind that one either. Uh, am I going to reach for it? No. Am I going to reach for to the hellfire or of the abyss? A thousand percent. Like there was so many different sections and breakdowns and um, still like the cinematic experience and within all those songs as well. This album was just such a disappointment. Yeah, I think I'm going to be curious to see of the reception it gets. I can feel it will kind of because they're definitely a band who has like a lot of expectation behind them now, um, and I've not been following too much with most of the singles. Um, but yeah, I think there probably be a lot. I can I can see it kind of getting a lot of album of the year shouts. Um, as I get, I think it does play into the audience that it, it knows it has uh, who come from that. Um, I'm not saying they all do, um, but yeah, definitely comes from that kind of YouTube reaction corner where they want well they just want the big moments they want this constant kind of you know um and um i was gonna say yeah which and yeah kind of people who want to and i feel kind of you always got the kind of rap which was a kind of explore the musical element and kind of being i thought if you kind of were to perhaps deconstruct the record from a purely music theory perspective probably be like yeah it's great um but yeah i just don't know it's just something that isn't i don't know where, i don't know the ones where i feel with some records you do go with too many expectations um i feel kind of spirit box one was for me that i could maybe say that i went in expecting too much um but i think with lorna shore and both some spirit box i think they they have shown the talent and the ability to kind of do great records um, I feel Lorna Shore is kind of with this. I'm I'm probably going to be a bit more forgiving um, to be realistic and be like, okay, first full length will will um, and kind of see what they do next, which is a bit disappointing. Um, but you know, I'll kind of I'll kind of see it as like their debut full length, a new debut full length, two point Um and that maybe well, what comes next, they'll maybe explore those more intricate parts of their sound. Well, this, this album sounds completely different from the other Lorna Shore albums before Will even came yeah. on, right? Yeah. And I think that the EP that they released sounded very similar to those other albums. However, they were taken to the next level. Will took them to the next level, mm-hmm. making them some of the heaviest fucking bangers that came out last year. But... I had those kinds of expectations with the release of this new album, but you know what this reminds me of? And you can, I'm probably going to fucking butcher this too. I might sound like a fucking moron, but there's a band that's called brand of sacrifice. Do you know them? Yeah. They're like, so I listened to a couple of their songs and I was just like, this is pretty good. I sent them to my boyfriend and he was like, Oh shit, this is an anime band. It's from something called berserk. (laughs) Berserk. Okay, well, I don't know, but it's, I guess it's from some kind of anime thing or uh, fucking manga, anime, whatever. That's the vibe I'm getting from this record now that you mentioned the, the video game aspect of it, not in YouTube. Not that it's an anime kind of band, but it does seem like they released this album to specifically be some kind of video game background music or like, like I could see that. Like they didn't, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I could, I could see it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but um, yeah, and I feel that maybe perhaps why with Lorna Shore is that 
death goal has kind of been going through a bit of, I think, fit for an autopsy, a lot of people consider them, it's a kind of a bit of debate whether fit for an autopsy are death core or not death core. Um, I still think fit for an autopsy, I consider them death core, um, are the best death core band out there. Um, but I do think there is a need within the death core genre for somebody, as you've kind of what as you've been seeing a lot of metalcore, so you've got bands like North Lane, um, Loathe, to name two, who are kind of pushing limitations of what metalcore can be. Um, I don't think you perhaps got that yet in deathcore, um, and deathcore is kind of stuff of limitations in a band who, like Long and Short who do deathcore very well. Um, I think do stand out. Um, so... Yeah, I, I do think of Launcher is partly the fact that there has been a deficit in deathcore over the last five, seven years. Um, it's really fit for an autopsy. I think you move like Rings of Saturn um, and whatnot, but I don't think there's been anything too spectacular coming out of the genre. So I think Launcher do perhaps get put on a pedestal slightly as well because of that. Is Acacia Strain deathcore? Uh, I don't know what they sound like. Possibly, for reason I haven't listened to a case of strain um, for a, a year or so. Oh. Um, well, the well, a case of strain. I mean, they're again, there. There's the consistency, and they don't take off. They're like it's not. Deathcore bands aren't going to take off like fucking bring me the horizon. But I think that that's what we're. Lorna Shore would be the first death. Uh, deathcore band to take off like Bring Me the Horizon. So because there is the there, I'm just there's the hot young new vocalist, right? That there's Will's from he's from YouTube. He's all over YouTube. Yeah, he's doing the thing. He's on the TikTok. Like he's he's out doing the thing. He's gonna hit the younger generations than what the um I guess. Fit, fit for like fit for an autopsy or a case of strain would do. I mean, they're, they're it's a different generations, right? Will's younger. He's in the scene. He's doing the thing. He's going to hit those different audiences because he is on YouTube and TikTok, and he's going to be able to, uh, I don't know, notice the different trends and patterns. However, I don't know why his tour with bring me the horizon fell, fell off. Like he was supposed to tour with them. That's and then, COVID, huh? I think it's just COVID stuff. I think it was going to happen last year, wasn't it? It's kind of the tour still happened, but Lorna wasn't on it. Oh, okay. I think yeah, maybe that's like probably booking booking clash. I expect because I know they did a recent tour around here with um, Parkway Drive. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but um, but I mean that is an example. Like for whatever reason, I don't know why they are not on it anymore. But the point is, is that he was on opening for bringing the horizon he mm. was scheduled to open for them which is gonna was gonna open up i felt like that was gonna just take off lorna shore like fucking skyrocket it because now bring me the horizon they have they have their old stuff and at, at their shows they do um they do allude to the older albums like i think i heard them play a diamonds aren't forever when i saw them i mean they regard even if the records don't reflect it when they he does when ollie does the shows he brings yeah. it back. He knows that's what, like the fans that are there are the diehard Bring Me the Horizon fans, and that's that's the shit they want to hear more so. But regardless, even with the new, more techie kind of pop stuff that Bring Me the Horizon is releasing, and let's say those audience members are there. Those audience members aren't gonna like listen to Lauren something like Lorna Shore where it's death metal, but they would if it was at a Bring Me the Horizon show. And then it links the two. Oh, yeah. Will Will Ramos and and Ali Sykes. Like it's gonna link them. I I I just see that happening. Maybe not so much with this album though, because this album I just it it was a it was a mess. Like it's like I I appreciate that they were trying to create a different sound from the other albums but there was a reason why metal reviews or music reviews or whatever were saying that to the hellfire was the heaviest fucking song to come out last year because it was so good and they really really should have stuck 
to at least at least one. Like we should there should have been like at least something um similar because I feel like a nice little EP is kind of like it's like a little foreplay before you get the big climactic mm-hmm. orgasm, right? And so instead this was the opposite where the ep they released that was the big climactic orgasm and now we're getting this like fucking sense of blue balls after <laughs> with pain remains <laughs> do you like my analogy i like the analogy is, that i always use the word pain remains after as well which is um, is that academic <laughs> academic yeah you could use that in a review um yeah i guess i'm gonna bring my think there probably is a wider yeah, it was, probably, it was a wide ongoing debate about obviously the the bring me stuff. It's like oh, it brings in new fans who will then find the old stuff and go to the gigs. I don't know. It's I don't know how effective that is. Um, but yeah, it'd be yeah because I just kind of see where Lorna do end up in perhaps um, kind of even like one or two years time. Cause I think there is kind of a bit of shift. There's a I think there was a shifting sands moment within metal and the, the core genres and whatever you want to call them, where it's like, who is? So I think kind of I think Spirit Box are kind of one band who are in there. Um, Lorna Shore one band who are in there. I think Love are probably one as well. Um, that's a wide one. I'm trying to think who else. But in terms of like, Ian, I think we're kind of slowly entering new obviously era because that's a bit cheesy um i feel there is kind of a new sense of what is metalcore coming around and deathcore as well and what is this kind of what we're all doing here basically um is slowly emerging um and what bands will be leading that be the face of that and whatnot and i think um whether or not lawn or short do end up at the front of that um will be curious to see um i would probably bet my house i haven't got a house if i had a house on spirit box being one i think norma shaw i think despite us two not particularly being too keen on this uh, will probably become very popular um and probably be up there as well alongside spirit box to an extent um in kind of you know, I guess you're gonna like bring me up here, right? Bring me architects. Um, I'm trying to think who else is a massive band from the genre now. Um, Parkway Drive, I, I guess, and then you've kind of got like Spirit Box, Lorna Shore. Um, who else? Probably not Stray. Maybe Stray. Um, I agree. I think Lorna Shore will take off despite this this record but i think that they're going to take off because of that ep like that's not going away yeah um but regardless there's gonna be more expectations on will after this if they are to take off because this album i feel like it's just there's there's like nothing to break it up. I mean, it's yeah. the, the, every song sounds exactly the same, and it's like okay, what more? Like what more? So I just feel like they will be successful and they will take off. But like, who's gonna want to listen to Will's one take playthrough of fucking Pain Remains two? Like, uh, it's just gonna. I don't know. Yeah, and I feel that probably. I guess my my final point on the record is that again. You could probably, I think, if you went from an academic perspective of being that you probably could find those nuances and be like, oh, this is why this track is different to this. Um, but I just feel that, like, there will be there will be some people who can listen through it and be like, okay, I can see how Sunny is different to Pay Remains or um, Welcome Back is different to... I can't remember what any songs are called now. Um, anything across the record. Um but I feel that kind of both your ears and your brain just need those breaks to be kind of like yeah. take a step back and be like, okay, we're having a little break here, because otherwise it just it just, it just just feel like a subtle bit. One thing after another, like then you kind of just get a bit. You just lose kind of sense of what's different and what isn't because once it's once it's kind of keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. 
you, without a break, you just cannot tell the difference. Well, it's boring, right? I mean, yeah. I really, I kind, I, I kind of related this album to being like reading, not all, but certain Victorian literature novels, or if you want to go back even into older um, 18th century literature where they will spend two pages describing what a fucking door looks like instead of just saying like there's the door this is what it looks like here we go they'll spend you know it'll it'll take 10 paragraphs to be like oh this uh, it was a lovely day and then this happened and this happened and i thought about this and then i saw i looked over there and the panel on the door and looked like this and then the the knob was shaped with such intricate and delicate details and this like but like this like nonstop and you're like, oh my fucking God, this is like taking cough syrup and you're trying to read through this novel and it's just like the slow drip of cough syrup down your throat. That's the same thing. Like it's like, like with a, with a novel, you know, you need, there's gotta be suspense. There needs to be a buildup. There needs to be a, like a climax and whatever. And then the fall down from the climax and then another buildup and different points and whatever. And this was just, the consistency of the same noise, the same sounds throughout the whole thing, the same idea. It's it's good. Like it is good. We should like, it's good music. It's good instrumentals. Will has great vocals. The climactic experience is great. I do love those little introductions where it feels like I'm about to like walk, you know, up to the fucking kingdom. But I listened to it's one of those songs where I listen to the first two minutes and then I'm like, okay, skip next one. I'm like I had my fun with this one. Skip. I'm like, now I want to listen to something a little more upbeat, a little more something with a bit like a breakdown, like counterpart, something to fucking break it up because it's just, it's like, I mean, it's, it'd even be the same thing of like, I'm not going to listen to like, uh, straight just death core all day infant annihilate uh, like uh, infant annihilator or like acacia strain fit for an autopsy all all day long like non-stop i want to put in a little bit of counterparts i want to put a maybe i dabble into fucking pop punk and throw some like neck deep in there or something like i just need some, your brain does need something to like yeah. break it up and then you i feel like you also appreciate it more you're able to listen to the lyrics closer and stuff when it's just like this on uh, like dragging on type of sound you get bored and they're like okay next yeah yeah i think yeah i think just the yeah i think that's about it i wish i think says for the cleans um even just like interludes i know people don't really like interludes but i know you can kind of put interludes in the tracks um and i feel that uh, i was just thinking to it's a slightly different record. Um, it's called A. A. Williams. It's more kind of like where she has like an acoustic. It's like a single song or indie folk. It has kind of like a backing um, string. I think where it's called strings, like violins and all that. And there's just a one point in the record where she just lets them just go. Like she just backs out and goes right. Here you go. The track's yours. And obviously, Lorna Shaw could have done that as well, just being like, we've got all these really cool instruments in the background. Um, you know, you just go ham and we'll kind of like chill out for a minute. And that's kind of a cool interlude. Or interlude, break, whatever. But um, yeah, I could, yeah, I can see what you mean by that. Um, but yeah, we've been going for like just over an hour now. So okay. um, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up there. Because I'm also Sounds quite good. tired as well. But yeah, thank you I know. for... Thank you, and I'll, I will, I will, I will big press the big stop, stop recording button. Thanks for having.